0: You
1: like fire, boy? I do.
0: You're listening to Your Tables on Fire. A weekly conversation with the hottest game designers on Kickstarter. Here comes your host, Jeff Beck. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to Your Tables on Fire. This is episode number 33. All right. with me today we have a special guest This is Anthony Christou, the creator of Luminous Ages Anthony, welcome to your Tables on Fire
1: Thank you very much for having me on your show, I appreciate
0: it It's our pleasure Anthony, can you take a minute and just introduce yourself?
1: Okay, well, um, I'm Anthony Christou, I am an Australian So don't judge me for being an Aussie (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Aussie um, comic book writer, illustrator, and game designer uh, been in, I suppose I've been creative, working in the field for about sixteen years. But the first nine years of my life, I did graphic design, and I did fine art at night. I did a few failed uh, gallery shows where I didn't really sell much. <laughs> uh, fine art is a very hard kind of market to break into, um, and obviously it wasn't where my heart was. I was, I was painting surreal stuff. People in Australia and Adelaide, they really want to just see landscapes and flowers. Australia, Adelaide is a lovely place but it's kind of very backwards with, with art and technology. And it is the back, it's very hard to sell art. Um, but I mean, after nine years of graphic design, I got disillusioned and I thought, well, it's not very creative. I wasn't enjoying it. I had a corporate design job. I met a guy called Simon Scales who um, had a school in, who was setting up a school or a workshop for concept art. And he's like, hey man, there's this field called concept art uh, for games and for, for tabletop games, for card games, for video games, for comic books. Uh, I think, you know, I remember you being a good designer, being a good artist back at university, you you should like look into this and it kind of fueled the passion again and I thought, well, maybe I just went about it the wrong way and since 2009 I've been doing illustration for games, uh, everything from tabletop games to card games to um, comics to books, book covers um, and just doing uh, my own projects now and um, I've worked with, I have done some freelance work with Disney in, uh, there's an office here in Australia that partners up with Disney in Japan. I've done a few, three or four months with them. I've also worked, I've worked on uh, a game called Path of Exile in New Zealand. That's an R- RPG uh, vi- a video game, but I have worked in the game industry. So I've worked on doing the art, but also designing assets for games. And look, I'm, I'm a, a gamer at heart as well. So I played all types of games from video games to board games. So, like, I grew up with board games in in my life. Like, you know, I just played Hero Quest, the crap out of Hero Quest and um, games like that and and D&D, like just the the basic version of D&D and Magic the Gathering and Pokemon cards and everything and yeah, I suppose I'm now creating my own card game and and my own comic book universe, and it's it is a passion job. It is um, something I really enjoy making. It's it's a struggle because um, you're competing with people when they see something, they compare you to the big brands or they compare you to the big authors and writers that have been around for 20 years. And they you know they expect you to be that good, and I, my goal is to be that good. But um, you know, having only been in the industry for six years, um, I just do the best I can to try try to make something as amazing as I can with my team.
0: Um, Let's talk a little bit more about your gaming experience. And I guess what the first question on that line is, when did it all start for you? Like, what you know, dig way back. What was the very first game you ever got to the table? Uh,
1: I think, like, I don't know if this is a game as, as much, but as a kid, I was always playing Lego. My dad was always, like, um, like, I, like I remember me and my dad, you know, kind of as a young kid, playing Lego till midnight at night, you know, and I'm talking like four or five years old, like he's making train sets. And it kind of like, it's like role-playing for us because like, you know, we had the train station or, I mean, I actually, what I did with Legos, it's really funny, was I used to have the whole pirate ship collection. I had pirate ships. I had all this stuff. I love pirate ships and castles and islands and everything. And I actually made my own game with Lego. Because back then there wasn't, like, there was video games. Obviously, like, there was Atari. We had Atari in my day <laughs> with, like, Space Invaders <laughs> and stuff. I'm really showing how old I am. But um, <laughs> um, that wasn't as engaging. That didn't really – you play Atari for, like, three or four hours and you're just like, mm, yeah, I'm just a bit bored of this. Like, the imagination was gone. And kids today are spoiled. Like, my nephew has all these amazing games and they're just spoiled. Like And, and it's kind of sad as well because – it doesn't let children grow that imagination because you think about it, it's already designed by artists like myself and they're not like using their imagination to role play or come up with things. And that's why, firstly, I wanted to make a tabletop card game and make it both RPG, like, like a tabletop RPG game that everyone can play and use their imagination and also trading card game where people can use their imagination. But um, but for me, it was Lego um, and I, was, I made this game with my sister and my cousins where we created bases, right, and we had, like, a pirate ship, uh, a castle on one corner, then the pirate bay on the other side. Uh, we had the, the knights on one side. And this is no joke, man. I, I used to play this all the time with people, and what we would do is there were these little cannons that you got with the castles and with the pirates, right, when you bought the Lego. I don't know if you guys had it in the US. We had it back in my day, and you could fire the yeah. cannon, and it would fire out a little brick of Lego. <laughs> wow. Like, no, no joke. Like, we had that as a toy. I don't know if it was in America, but back in the year, 20 years ago, that's what I had as a kid. And I was like, oh, I, what we would do is when you hit a base or you hit an area, you'd have to topple that over, right? You'd kill the unit or you would kill mm-hmm. um, things. So It was like a Warhammer." But with Lego, we designed our own. Like even I designed that, and like my cousin's like, oh, how did you think of this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just crazy like that. You know, I come up with ideas all the time. And and that was like the popular game for like a year, like like or two years. Like we like until you grow out of it, of course, and until something comes out like Pokemon or whatever. But um, like I was playing that from like ten to thirteen, and everyone that would come over, would be like, oh, can we play Pirates and Knights? It's called Pirates and Knights. And um yeah, it just was so much fun and that's what got me started. Then I moved on to HeroQuest and HeroQuest yeah. is where the passion for tabletop gaming came in and and then Magic the Gathering as that when I hit fifteen years old, Magic I, when Magic came out was when I was like fourteen, fifteen, perfect age. Yeah. You know, right like it was just the yeah. right time. Came out just for me, I was thinking, <laughs> or my generation. <laughs> and, and so for me, you know, it, it started with Lego, it moved to Hero Quest, and then it moved to Magic the Gathering. And now it's gone to full Then I'm going back to tabletop top stuff. I'm really getting back into D&D. Well, that's why we've made um, our card game. It's like it's, it's a card game, and a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just like Magic the Gathering. Well, it's not. There is a dragon mode in there that's a tabletop, and you can play it now. Like it's it's a really awesome game. Like All my friends love it, and everyone that's been buying it at cons loves it. And I said to him, that's just the cooperative mode you're playing. Imagine if you all competed against each other to try and fight for control of those dragons. And, you know, the game is complete. But, you know, as we expand it next year, we're hoping to do, figure out a way of leveling up your quest character. You can have a quest character. So, but I will talk about
0: it later. Well, you you know, you you broached the subject. So let's, let's jump right in to Luminous Ages. And now this is based on a comic you've been working on for much longer than the game. Is that right?
1: Correct. Yeah. The comic came first. Um, now I, I've been writing, uh, well, I've written about two seasons of the plot points. So, I mean, it's a huge universe that I've been writing. So when, I don't know if you're familiar with what, what it takes to write comics or movies. It's a lot of background writing. There's universe development, character development. And I've written like maybe two seasons of the plot. I know what's going to happen by, that, by the end of season two. And I got a rough idea of season three. Um, but I've written maybe about six issues of the comic and mm-hmm. um, the script. I'm still issue one and two is done, done and dusted. And I'm now working on, I suppose, rewriting. I'm getting some feedback now from people. They love it. Like people think it's great art. They like the story and the plot. And I'm just working on how to improve the writing. Being an artist, that's been my focus. But obviously mm-hmm. I want to make issue as as I get more and more support, more funding and and more backing, you know, it's – Like doing so many things, you need more time to spend on it. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm building up that comic book universe and we've got so many paintings, so much concept art. uh, We've got two issues of the comic. So I'm like thinking, hey, some of this artwork's really good. People really loving the art. People do love the story. We sold out of the comic in Australia and New Zealand, both places. Like we take it to every event. I take maybe 50 to 100 copies. They just go. Wow. And I'm just like, wow, there's something here, you know. (laughs) And that's why I wanted to make the game. And the game's been out for four months. The comic's been out for two years, about a year and probably since early last year. We released the – it's about a year and a half now, sorry. But um, it feels like longer because I've been working on it for longer. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been, I suppose, a love project of mine. And, um, yeah, so we just thought – well, I thought with – I've got a part-time assistant and she's like, you should, like, seriously think about making a game now she's also one christy's my friend and we would play magic the gathering on the weekends and she's like you know why don't you make your own game you know why don't we design our own game and we test it and and she's been helping with graphic design and and so we yeah it was released the betas were released in april and we saw we printed the first print run was about twelve thousand cards and we're down to one thousand cards left hmm. since april wow. on the card game so that's been also exciting and that's why we set up the kickstarter because you know um it would be great to do a bigger print run to do it overseas or even here in australia because the more you order the cheaper it gets to to print the game you know what i mean right right um, sure you mean to compete with people like magic the gathering or your other tabletop games you need to have a low cost price and or a low retail price so for me that's why i did the kickstarter
0: well, back to the main storyline this this universe that you created yeah. yep. can you give us maybe like a, a two-minute quick overview of what what is this world about that okay so you know a play would player would enter when they want to play the game
1: yeah for sure okay so luminous ages is, is a dream planet okay it's a dream universe and it's it's a, it's basically another planet in a distant solar system to earth um, it is connected to our universe kind of thing and it's about uh, they basically it was the first planet born ever right when the big bang happened instead of the, what happened was there was a big bang and then these 13 stars formed and they formed into 13 gods the dream gods nine of them are dream dragons and the other four are the four types of dream mages the beast mage uh, the luminary the captivary and the chosen dream mages now these third uh, 13 gods have basically got control, are trying to fight for control over the dream universe, which controls our universe, right? And they they can construct things into reality on their planet. They've created their own, I suppose, creatures in their own image. Um, and they're fighting for control over their planet Equatoria. And also they can jump, uh, not the gods, but the characters that can jump between the dream plane and reality to fight for control over land, resources, and what they're doing is they're, there's this environmental message in there. There's the evil nightmare mages, which is the evil alliance. They're called the mayor. They're wanting to take up all the dream energy, be greedy, and take up everything. They want to corrupt everything and destroy everything um, and then move on to another planet. That's their goal. And um, So
0: they're the Americans.
1: <laughs> i don't know man i don't want to say anything i don't want to get into trouble here dude so. yeah,
0: right. i can say it i'm an american so no yeah. problem right, i'll let you <laughs> say that
1: yeah and then you have the um the other the uh, the tranquil alliance which want tranquility and peace um but they're fighting for good and for for nature they're trying to uh, restore nature uh, back to to life bring it back to life and It has the environmental message. It has a very multicultural aesthetic and look and feel. So for me, I love Harry Potter. I love all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. But for me, I just, you know, all you see is white wizards. You know what I mean? Um, A majority of European or white wizards. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, uh, magic comes from the Far East, you know, the Middle East or Asia or even indigenous cultures, you know, the first Americans, you know, um, or or even the first Australians, so I really, what, what we're doing is we, I'm actually working with a representative here to do a side issue um, where we're going to co-write and I'm going to help enable the, a community here, an Indigenous culture here, to write us their dream time story because it's all about dream magic, fits in perfect with Australia with a dream time. So we're going to do one side issue for them. and But it's not just that culture. We're going to be doing many cultures. I, myself, my family comes from a place called Cyprus, which is in the middle of the world pretty much, like, in between Egypt, Syria, uh, Greece, Europe, everyone's been there. Every culture's pretty much been to Cyprus, um, even Chinese, the Turks, the Indians, everyone's been there. <laughs> and But but it's got a rich history. And so what I'm trying to do is create a very multicultural fantasy comic and game. Like um, I think Magic the Gathering does do that well. I have to give them kudos for that because they do represent like the Khans and all that sort of stuff, you know, Genghis Khan and all that. But what we're doing with ours is representing many cultures and what happens is the dream mages teleport to different dream mages from Equatoria will be all of a sudden pulled in through a time portal to a different age or time in, in the world. And, like, for one, what for instance, there's one guy called, um, he's a Zografus captivary mage. He uses dream magic to do special things. I don't want to give away the powers yet. So that'll happen by that issue four. <laughs> But um, he, can, he gets transported to Earth back into the time of ancient Phoenicia. You know, Phoenicia is where Lebanon is, the Middle East. And see, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, there's Greek culture, but it was all linked with the Middle East. I mean, Greece pretty much, um, Greece, the Greeks were allies with a, lot of the, with a lot of the Middle Eastern countries thousands and thousands of years ago. And so Cadmus was actually a Phoenician prince who s- slew a dragon. He slayed, he slayed the bad dragon, right? And Cadmus uh, also met Jason and the Argonauts. And so when they killed the dragon, they planted the bones of the dragon, the teeth of the dragon into the soil, and it gave birth to the Spartans. See, people don't even know that's how the Spartans came about. You see, like, the movie The 300, and no one says how the Spartans were born, do they? <laughs> right. So, like, I really want to go back to the origins of mythology and and touch on different stories that maybe aren't covered as, as much, you know what I mean, or done... To more to the authentic mythologies and honor the their stories as well so but yeah so cadmus who's who's got another name in our world he he basically fights a dragon who escaped from Equatoria. you know so that's why that's why we saw dragons many thousands of years ago because they were escaping from my world you know <laughs> so to speak right. escaping from Equatoria, from the dream universe you know and these mm-hmm. mages were coming in to hunt them down and or you know, vice versa. There were good dragons also helping. Maybe there were you know, because we don't just have bad dragons. We have like good guys. You know, dragons that uh, don't want to bite your head off. You know, they want to eat plants instead. <laughs> <you
0: know?
1: laughs> right. Vegetarian dragons. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so how, how does this all translate into uh, a tabletop game?
1: Um, quite easy. Um, simply because there's the role-playing element. The tabletop mode. You have lands and you build on the lands, like in the comic, sorry, where you've got the zones and the areas being protected or being fought over for control. You can choose to play an evil deck or a good deck or neutral. Because it's got a story element, the tabletop mode does have an RPG element, so we have quest characters. So the characters like Leon Taros, who appears appears in issue two. Um, There's a few other characters that appear in issue two. I think Sethia, she's a demoness those characters have been turned into quest creatures. So you can quest with the characters in the story. And so you throw them on a quest land and they get a special benefit based on their narrative. So Leo, he's a good guy. He saves baby dragons. So he, that's what he does in the game. He saves a baby dragon, you know. And so if you, you quest, you roll, you roll a die. If you're successful with rolling that, that um, I suppose, rolling a die and winning the roll, you rescue the dragon that comes out into your main zone. Uh, So we have quest areas where you go and quest separately, and then you have normal lands where you build on. You build a dream. You've got a core land. You build dream structures and upgrade them to dream lands, and you use those resources to summon monsters to defend those zones and attack your opponent's zones. So you can't really uh, directly attack your opponent. It's more about attacking their zones. You're basically playing as a god pretty much, and you summon out that dragon god. You summon yourself out as a dragon god. Um, and if you keep the dragon god out for three turns you win that's the pvp but in the tabletop mode um it's quite it's got many ways of playing and and it fits in with the storyline you've got these different lands from the comic book that you can build you can upgrade your zones and 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 it's got that whole environmental message even in the game as well So, so you've got to protect your lands and drain your opponent's resources you know Mm -hmm. which is really cool and 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 in the dragon tabletop mode there's the um dragon gods are sitting in the middle they unleash keep on unleashing an army like they draw from the deck and they keep on drawing more and more cards and it gets harder and harder depending on how many dragons you're versing so you've got to cooperate with your friends to fight the evil dragon gods similar to exactly following the narrative of the comic so the three evil uh dragons are fortiazia um, she has a general as well. Um, then there's Drakafar, and he has two generals, evil generals. And then there's the Titan Dragon, who is a neutral dragon, but by the time you get to him, he's been corrupted and turned evil as well. You, you've, basically, there's three people that want to play versus the dragon gods. You've got three dragon gods coming out. So the first dragon, he draws a turn every time he attacks everyone. He draws a card for everyone, and his army gets bigger and bigger. So you have to really rally together to fight back and win um, I mean, I think someone reviewed it. Geek Mum loved it um, because of the cooperative aspect. You could play with the kids, so it is that yeah. got that family tabletop essence to it, uh, where everyone yeah. can get involved. And you don't like if at least one person understands the game; they can guide everyone else to play the game, which is what I like about it because I can play with my nephew and a friend, and we can guide my nephew and play together and try and beat the dragons. Sure. We have won, and sometimes we lose. It's it really depends on skill and luck. So you could get really unlucky and get a really bad draw and you're like, okay, yeah, we're giving up. But sometimes it could be like you get an all right draw and it just depends on, you know, how good you are as a player, which determines if you can take down the dragon gods. So and if you don't like corporate games or if you say you like, I like that game but I want to compete with my friends, you can actually have the dragon gods in the center. They're passive, they don't draw a card. They just have their generals defending them. Um, you compete against your opponent, you draw from the same deck, and you have to summon an army, fight off your opponents, and try and do the most dragon god damage in the center. And whoever does the most dragon damage or takes out their opponent wins the game. So that's I actually really like that mode. The cooperative, maybe because I've been playing it so much and teaching everyone the game, <laughs> cooperative, I'm getting, I love it, I do love it, but it's kind of like I want to. I want more of a challenge now because I've been playing it so much. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I want to drag a mode, the actual cooperative mode is hard, but I, I really want to be able to just have fun and not worry about other people. Now I just want to go, all right, I want to <laughs> beat against someone else and I want to kick their ass. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about your uh, your Kickstarter campaign. You've been on, I believe for one day, mm-hmm. uh, almost exactly. So what was what was day one like for you? Um, it was pretty good so far. I mean,
1: I've I've already raised um, about three thousand um, dollars in okay. the first day um, of the. We're asking for twenty thousand dollars, and that just covers our costs. People think, oh, that's a lot of money, but it but that seriously is our costs to pay artists. Uh, some artists we've got um, special artists working on the project. I suppose the cost of printing is quite high. You know, um, by the time you do all your add up or your math and everything like yeah. that, you know, you've got. The tabletop mode being made, the boosters made, so I think it's really good. I mean, for the first day, you know, I was, you know, I don't, I didn't expect it to go viral. Um, I mean, it would not be nice, <laughs> but, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, to hit your goal. There's, you know, there's projects that hit the goal in the first twenty four hours, but you know, I mean, these are people that are veterans in the gaming industry that have maybe been around for ten or fifteen years, and. And so I've got to be realistic and look at myself and say, what did I do with my last Kickstarter? The last Kickstarter, I only wanted $1,000 for the comic. We were doing the comic book and we ended up raising 4500 So we were 500% funded. And so wow. the fact is we've already raised 3000 So we're only $1,000 short off our last campaign and it's only one day. Yeah, wow. So I'm putting it in perspective. Like, you know, we all have this dream of making an amazing project and going viral, I think the project's pretty good. I think I've considered as many things as I can as a designer, a game designer, as an artist. And the thing is, you know, what people don't understand? Yeah, the game is finished, but we're gonna always try ways of improving it later because it has a trading card element. There's always things we can add and improve to to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or or even if they people buy dragon mode, if the, we can adjust rules or or suggest other modes as well later on. We've already got heaps of modes, but it's it's that's the exciting thing about it is I'm the type of guy that will keep at this and try other things to make it give people more value for money. That's that's my goal because I love as much as I love trading card games. You know I, what I think I don't like is the constant spend, and I have really considered that. You know, yeah, you can buy boosters and you build competitive decks and, and try and beat your friends, and we can run tournaments doing that. But I'm really been pouring a lot of time into making also making sure. That the tabletop mode has that got that community feel. It's like an RPG game in a way, but with cards, and right. and it really has that value for money. So that you can come back and play a different mode.
0: What promotion strategies have you been
1: using? Well, we have a newsletter of about uh, fourteen hundred to fifteen hundred people. I've been going to comic cons. I've been to about 10 cons this year, 20 in the last two years. So I've been going to conventions, gaming conventions. I've actually got – reason why it's a 40-day Kickstarter is I'm going to four comic conventions starting this Friday. I will go to Melbourne, go to a comic book expo, then one in New Zealand. Then we've got PAX in Australia, which is gaming, uh, a gaming con, which has a tabletop area. So we've got five shows lined up where we're going to be giving people flyers, people running demos on the game telling people to back it, um, taking emails down. So we've got a good newsletter. Um, I've been on, going on podcasts like yours. Uh, the game's been reviewed by about ooh, about eight people, which is quite scary. And most of it's <laughs> positive, positive reviews. I mean, probably about six out of eight have all been really good positive mm-hmm. uh, feedback and, and people really liking it and we're really looking forward to it um and the other two people just kind of saying like I-, I like it but they feel like it's a trading card game when it's not only that you know what i mean and that's going to happen like everyone's always going to compare you to magic the gathering do you know what i mean or pokemon or that people are always going to when you create something fantasy or a card game people automatically think magic the gathering you know you kind of can't escape that so but that's why you know we are trying to tell people that it is a tabletop mode it has got all these extra things in it and um you know, like tokens and punch out tokens and die, and you've got to roll dice in this game, believe it or not. <laughs> so, you know, so it's even, totally different. It is totally different, man. As soon as you've got dice in and you've got to roll die, you know, it's not magic the gathering anymore, you know? <laughs> that's why I tell people. <laughs> does magic allow you to roll die for, you know, <laughs> this, you know? So that's the good thing about it. Um, but yeah, we've been on podcasts, we've been getting game reviews. I'm doing five shows. I've got a newsletter of 1,500 people. We're doing a Facebook campaign every day. We post a card. Uh, we have Instagram campaign. We're on Twitter. I'm everywhere and everywhere, we're doing press releases on board. I just put a press release up on board Game Geek. We've been putting it out onto advertisements onto all the places that we know of. You know, I'm I'm very passionate about gaming. I'm very passionate about comics, my comics and my thing. And, and you know, I think for me, if it falls short or we don't hit the goal, it would be very disheartening for me. Do you know what I mean? Not because I need the money, but more because, like, Oh, you know, like all that work felt like it was for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. But um, but in saying so, I'm the kind of guy that I think you know deep down I would probably still do it and just release um the comics, keep the comics going, and and try again. You know, try the Kickstarter again next year. But I'm not thinking negative. I'm thinking positive. It's going to go well.
0: Well, Anthony. Uh, so a question for you. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, a key listener of. The- your tables on fire is, is an aspiring game designer. They're looking to launch their own Kickstarter campaign. If you were talking to someone like that, what advice would you have for them?
1: Whew. I mean, what's my advice is, um, it's be prepared for a lot of work. If you want it to succeed, obviously be passionate about it. You know, you got to love, I I'm doing this for the love of it. You know, I love games. I want to make my own games. I want to make my own comics. You also have to look at don't compare yourself to the big projects out there. These people are like ten have been running for five, ten, fifteen years. Yeah. And um and just do your best to market it. Uh, do your best to create a quality product and give yourself time to make it. I mean, i like I said, the comic's been two years in the making. The game has been a year in development. Since January this year, we've been we actually it was late last year we started releasing cards. So it's been you know, about a year, the game has been uh, testing, uh, designing it. Uh, it's been going through quite a few changes and it's at a point where we're really happy with it. So take time to make a good quality product and also take time to do the marketing. I mean, we've, I think we've done as much as we could do at this point in my career for marketing. Like if I did anything else, I think it would be detriment to the project. project. If we wait until next year, I think possibly, like if we spend another five or six months doing marketing, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, think, I think it would have just been like, oh, okay, I get another $1,000 worth of backers or another $2,000 worth of backers. So I'd say, you know, spend time on marketing, do your research on the marketing. It is, does take time to do that. And, you know, build up a community. You know, it takes time. Be patient with it. I mean, I, I've, I remember when we first ran our first event in Adelaide, I think only about one or two people came. And now, like we've been running events, and you know, there'd be five or seven people at the event playing the game. Um, Right now, the boosters are selling out at every convention. So, um, so all I would say is kind of give yourself time to make something good. And um, it is, it can be hard because you do. I know as a game designer, as a creative, people do put their heart and soul into things. And so, if people do give you feedback, take the feedback, but don't take it too personally because. Usually people want to help you, unless they're nasty pasties. (laughs) Usually people want to try and make the game better for you, but, um, you know, you don't have to take all that feedback and do everything that people say because it is your game as well. So um, don't, don't be swayed too much by the public, you know. Try and create something that you want to do because that's why you got into game design. Do you know what I mean? And usually you'll find that the thing that you created or you really wanted to do is really actually what people want in the long run like my tabletop mode defeat the dragons i was going to scrap that you know one of my guys who loves magic the gathering and who loves my pvp mode or my deck building mode is like i don't like that mode so maybe you should just scrap it or remake it and then i talked to christy and i talked to another guy who loved it he goes dude what are you talking about that's brilliant he goes maybe (laughs) add this to it you know or change something about it and i changed it and and now people love it even more so don't be don't be too quick to scrap things you know unless it's like not working and everyone's telling you it sucks <laughs> you know but um yeah like don't be too quick to kind of scrap things um that's one thing that i'm learning and and um just try and do what you want to do make a game that you want to make because at the end of the day Even if, like, my philosophy is, is even if it, like, you know, it doesn't go viral or even if it doesn't hit its goal, I've still made a game I want to play. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and, and, and I've got friends that want to play it, you know, and I I can actually say I'm genuine to myself. You know, I've actually genuinely made something that I think is a cool game, I think I like, Um, well, I know I like (laughs) and i'm pretty sure all my friends are, are digging it they're all backing it and everyone's you know li- likes it in the community that i've got here in south australia and that's really good cuz man like south australia is a pretty p- hard place to make it so <laughs> it's, it's a really backwards place it's funny cuz like um we sold, we did sell out of the game here at a con but like i take it to the eastern states like sydney and we're taking it to new zealand and it just uh, just moves really fast which i'm really thankful for so um, but as yeah. South Australia, I don't know, man, we just really <laughs> don't stick to one place. Like, you know, obviously if I just stayed in Adelaide, I don't think the game would be where it is. Take it to other places before you launch Kickstarter as well. If you get time to go to comic conventions, the rest of the other cons in America, try different cons. Uh, try like Gen Con. I mean, I want to go to Gen Con next year if this goes well. And if this hits amazing uh, targets, you know, if we hit stretch goals, I want to come to Gen Con in America and and bring the game and show everyone there. So if you back me, you'll be able to see me in America. <laughs> <You> know, <so>. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good we'll stretch goal. We'll be able to have a game so together. So you're right, but it depends if Trump gets in or not. So
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, hey, if Trump gets in, I, I'm leaving. I'm coming to Australia, so it's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, man. I'll, I've got a spare room for you. All right, we can. Do, <laughs> we, we can do two red. Two I'll two. need it.
0: How does like oh, uh, yeah. how does 150 a week sound, strange?: Oh, that's fine. That's is that fine. Right? Food provided, <laughs> everything. <laughs> uh, so, Anthony, I have to uh, break some bad news for you. It's over? What? And, and that is that the the real purpose of Your Tables on Fire is not necessarily to talk about games on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's instead to play the Game Design Challenge. Mm-hmm. Here's how this works. I'm going to pick a random game theme. I'm going to present it to you. Then you're going to think about it and pitch back to me what that game might be.
1: Hmm. Okay. Wow. You up for that? Yeah. Look, uh, just throw it at me. Yeah. Let's go. Let's see. I'm operating lack of on lack of sleep and um, about <laughs> ten coffees, but let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> hey, that
0: that's a recipe for the best games ever. Come on.
1: All right, Matt. Yeah, good point. Good point. Let's go.
0: Okay. So I'm going to find a theme. And that theme is alien plants.
1: Awesome. So in a distant universe, there's there's a, pl- a planet. Um, and these alien plants, they grow and they evolve. Right? Okay. They get bigger and better. And your goal in the game is to... Um, power them up with solar cards, solar energy cards, or white or water cards. Um, okay. And you can take out your opponent's plants by poisoning them with pesticides and herbicides. Or <laughs> too much of that, you know, it can repair right. insects and stuff. So you have, or you can send pest attacks. You can send insects to damage their plants. But the plants all are alien looking. You know, some of them are carnivorous plants. Some of them are, are totally just, you know. Uh, sun, you know, whatever. Um, you know, they, they draw from the energy of the sun <laughs> and water. Um, right. Some of them are normal, and the goal is to um, uh, evolve four plants before your opponent.
0: Okay. Now, and, now as the plants evolve, do they do they gain new abilities somehow? They do, or?
1: they do. They get stronger. Um, they can they can send a pest. They can send off. Um, they can send off fumes like 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 with. Actually, you asking the right guy because I'm. I actually plant my own. I have my own veg, vegetable garden because we have got so much land in Australia. I've got my own veggie patch, and like this is like the best game. We're just oh my god! I'm gonna design this now. <laughs> so what happens is a plant when it evolves, it gets it, it can actually set off a fume. Right, like it, it's okay. like partner planting. It, it sets off, uh, it gives off a pollen, and it may okay. boost your other plants to grow faster. Or some of them evolve, and the fume they give off can attack opposing your your opponents' other plants and okay. destroy them, or make them make them send pests their way. So some of them may be able to send a pest to your opponent's plants. And some plants like like a thorn or whatever, or like a weed. Some of them evolve into weeds that maybe take over your own garden, or they take over your opponent's areas as well. Um, And it's kind of like a board game, could be a board game. You lay them out, and whoever's like, you have them in the center, and you have to, whoever can get to the center and evolve four plants and get to the center and dominate the center wins the game, takes over the alien planet, and then the plant that your plant takes over the whole zone and and it colonizes the whole planet, the alien planet. And they all look cool, (laughs) they all look freaky, and they're kind of like Geiger inspired plants, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got the best designer on it. I mean, I'm vegan as well, so you know, <laughs> I'm gonna make it awesome for you. So, and I know awesome. I'm planting veggies, so let's do it, man.
0: <laughs> you got like hey, 10, mini- ten million dollars. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. As soon as Luminous Ages is done, let's yeah. get on this. This, this <laughs> is your next project. <laughs> oh
1: no! <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: now, nah, but it's well, a good idea.
0: That's a good idea, hey? Eh? What do you reckon? You in? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I like evolving plants, so that's good.
1: Yeah, evolving plants—they give off um, benefits, like you know, they, they, they can, I suppose, like with partner planting, partner planting in a garden, they give off fumes that may help your other plants and protect them from attacks from your opponents. So you're, you can have like a pest card you send, but the pest card is void as soon as your plant has evolved to give off and grown. And evolve to give off a fume to protect a neighboring plant you can no longer send a pest card to it you know what i mean so right yeah you can send it it, but it's useless it doesn't work because it's protected you know
0: so all right very good awesome all right well anthony it's been a pleasure speaking with you
1: thank you for having me on the show and um yeah look man if this does go crazy luminous ages i'll make the plant game with you man so <laughs> i'm serious you think i'm joking no i'm
0: <laughs> doubly incentivized to make sure this happens So make sure
1: luminous gets off the ground and then that's the next <laughs> game project we'll have going all right so <laughs> yeah,
0: i love it well you know under those conditions uh best of luck for sure for luminous yeah. ages thank
1: you very much man look i'm sure i'll get there it's just um you know it's just hard work
0: Well, that was Anthony Christou with his project, Luminous Ages, currently on Kickstarter. Thanks for tuning in to Your Tables on Fire. Check out our website for show notes and a link straight to Anthony's project. That's www.yourtablesonfire.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TableFire and look us up on Facebook. Did you know we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course, BoardGameGeek? Hit us up on any of those sites and give us your feedback. We'd love to hear what you think. Well, until next time, go light it up.